Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Shoes from Three Guys Talking. You're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. of Talking Twins. Always appreciate you guys listening, joining us. We really appreciate it. I know it's a pretty upheaval time right now in, in Twins territory. You know, the whole GM thing going on, you know, uh, draft, you know, picks and everything coming on. It's a, it's kind of a really up and down, you know, time in Talking Twins territory, but we always appreciate you guys listening and sticking with Talking Twins. Now, remember, you can always find Talking Twins on the website, of course. Check us out on the website. We've got a lot of stuff going on there. It's www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. Now, for social media, you can find us on Facebook, and that is www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com slash Facebook. And for our folks on Twitter, we love you guys as well. Appreciate it out there. It's at Talking Twins. That's our handle on Talking Twins. You can also find us on Instagram at Talking Twins Baseball. So whatever the the, uh, social media aspects you like to do, if it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We love it. We appreciate it. Come interact with us out there. Check us out. We would love it. You'll find all the links to the shows, you know, uh, fan comments. Everything's going on out there. Just check us out on the social media aspects. You can also um, email us, and that's at radio at TalkingTwinsBaseball.com. And if you are a mobile subscriber and you want to know, well, hey, I've got uh, either an iPhone or I've got an Android device. How can I get the show? Well, if you've got an Apple device, it's real easy. www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com slash iTunes. And if you do that, you can subscribe to the show. And via the Apple Store, you will get the show each and every week right to your Apple device. Now, if you've got an Android device, don't worry. We didn't leave you out. Now, the Google Play Store has included podcasts in the last couple of months. So now if you go out to www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com slash Android, you'll be taken to the Google Play Store where you can also subscribe to Talking Twins. So now it doesn't matter if you're on Apple or on an Android device. You've got us each and every week. You can hear Mike Berdino, the Twins Insider, myself and Daryl, all the great 
twins, you know, feedback, comments, everything. Just definitely, if you've got a mobile device, use the iTunes or Android links to get yourself each and every week set up for Talking Twins. With that, it means we've got all the business out of the way. We need to go down on the farm. And now, all the segments in, in the minor leagues are open now. Cedar Rapids, Fort Myers, Chattanooga, Rochester. My favorite Rochester. thing's going on right now. But everything's going on for Daryl. But also, there's also E-Town, the Rookie League. And so yes. before before we get into Cedar Rapids and these segments and down on the farm, I'm going to turn it over to Daryl so he can highlight E-Town and their Rookie of the, the Week down there. Well, and what I want to do, Brad, is for the remainder of the season... Anyone involved in the 2016 player draft, I want to highlight. Yes. So whoever's worthy, and lately, I mean, the past month has been Alex Kirilov. Boom. So, and, I've, and I've had a lot of people ask me if Alex Kirilov, who was our first-round pick, 15th overall, who's an outfielder, high schooler, uh, yeah, so you know, you're talking about an 18-year-old kid, he actually won the home run derby. Uh, as a high schooler, but they asked me if he's going to be in Arizona Fall League, and I thought, well, nope, 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 nope. Not this uh, year. He, he's too young. He's way, way too young. That's that, that, that's for your high A, uh, maybe double A, triple A, if you were injured or you need to get a step up, you know, to get ready for the next level. This is a kid that is 18 years old, Brad, and Alex now, 18 years old again, uh, you know, first round selection this year. He's sitting 413, 413 batting average, Brad. Nuts. Over the last, and I didn't do just week, last 10 games for him. So for Alex, over the last 10 games, three homers, 10 RBIs, four runs, four, 14 runs scored, and he had he recently had a ten game hitting streak. During that ten game hitting streak, seven of the ten had multi hit games. So seven out of ten had two or more hits. That's amazing. So now in the first twenty five games of Alex's professional career, he's hitting three fifty nine, six doubles, four dangers. 19 RBI and 16 runs scored. My goodness. That's a hell of a good start. Yeah. Now, keep him in, keep him in. E Town, the rest of the year is my opinion. And start him out in Cedar Rapids next year. And with any luck, you'll see a half a year of Cedar and another half of High A next year. What do you think? I agree with that. And as we talk about Cedar, the Colonels are currently 19 and 13, four games back, second place in the Midwest League Western Division. I agree with the whole the whole mindset of keep Alex where he's at, you know, let him have some time down in in, in E Town, and then come up to, to Cedar next year, have a you know a nice full shot up there. But again, these Colonels are second place right now in the Midwest League in the Western Division, four games back. We've each got a guy to talk about down there. I'm going to start with Nelson Molina, who my goodness. 8 for 16 over the past week, 500 batting average, two runs scored, two doubles, a triple, two RBIs, and a walk. Another guy that's looking very good down there. And 
We've also got a guy that Daryl wants to talk about in, in Cedar Rapids. And this also, is my Australian guy that we're going to have for the second time. Yeah, yes, mate. That he's was John Wells. Looking good. Uh, starting pitcher. Star, starting pitcher. He's only 19 years old, Brad. Uh, you know, he's been, now he had his best outing. And this was this uh, past Monday. He only allowed two hits, one walk, over a career-high eight innings. For LaShawn. And on the season now, he's 3-2 and two with a just a, a really tiny 1.57 ERA with 29 strikeouts, only 6 walks, and batters are only hitting 227 against him. So he's off to a great start. Now, you know, we spoke about him a few weeks ago. I don't think he's going to be more than a number 3 or 4. But, boy, he's off to a great start in his young professional career. Definitely. I, I agree with that. Solid, a, a solid arm in, in this organization. And, you know, there's there's never enough solid arms. I mean, you can always, you know, you can you, never, you set, can never yeah. have enough arms. Yeah. And we'll get to it. I want to I want to I want to briefly touch on it when we're done with Triple A. And we will. Mid-season. But I, I've never uh, heard I've never update. heard a GM go. I've got too many arms in the minor leagues. But yeah, and if you do, you're in the wrong league, right? right? But we'll we'll talk about that. We get to Fort Myers, 19 and 15. They are two games back, third place in the Florida State League South Division. My guy this week, Keaton Steele, who had a nice start. Fun. Yeah, and and his only start this past week, uh, didn't get a decision, zero zero, but uh, seven innings pitched, no earned runs, five hits allowed, four strikeouts, one walk. Probably the best performance that the Fort, the Miracle saw pitching-wise in the past week. They had some rough pitching performances. The bats look cold in Fort Myers. So Keaton Steele, my star of the week. Daryl, who's your Miracle well, star of the week? My guy might be one of the stars of the week, and that's Lamonte Wade. Yeah. Second row. Uh, you know, this is a guy out of University of Maryland taking ninth in last year's draft, so 2015. Uh, he's seen 361, Brad. Couple dinners, couple doubles, nine ribbies, and five runs scored. And on the year, this outfielder is hitting 300, a 410 on base percentage, 12 doubles, three triples, six homers, and 47 RBI. So Lamonte Wade is really climbing that ladder of the top prospects in the Minnesota organization. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. Wade's been a, a, a solid hey, he's prospect. Been a great, he's been a great surprise, really. And he's been a solid prospect since last year in, in at Cedar Rapids. You know, it's 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 solid to see that Wade is continuing. He doesn't to, have that name. He doesn't have a name like a Buxton. But he's moving up. Or, but he's really getting up there. He's getting up that ladder. You love to see it. And we move to Chattanooga, where the lookouts are 17 and 15. Two yep. games back now in the third this place. This is where we have uh, yeah. who we pick to be the star, right? Well, and we fight over who to get the pick. <laughs> you've got the better star. So I will go first. Yeah, go first. Go first. Okay, so I'm gonna go first because I, I I robbed him. I, I robbed Brad uh, a few days early, taking Mitch Garver, our buddy that we we ah. know so well. <laughs> and Mitch Garver, boy, he's having a heck of a career. And congratulations to Mitch. Because the uh, MILB, the Major League uh, 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 System, uh, the minor league system, yeah, yep, thank you, has chose the 
the top prospects halfway through the season, and they have Mitch Garver ranked in the hot in the top twenty-five. Mitch Garver is my uh, Chattanooga Player of the Week. He's hitting three hundred and forty-two, Brad. Three forty-two, two bombers, uh, thirteen RBI, a stolen base, and six runs scored. And throughout the year now, a solid two seventy-four, ten home runs for Mitch, twenty-five doubles. 61 RBI and 41 runs scored, Brad. Uh, and he's a solid, good. He's a great defensive catcher. We know he's got the bat, and everybody in their mother talks about the Twins and their lack of catching depth. You know, he could definitely be. I, I think. I think. I already think he overtakes the top pitching prospect right now. When it comes to, okay, who's next? You got John Ryan Murphy uh, in AAA. But I would say I would say Mitch Garver is your next best one up. I, I, I said that during our, our conversation with, we'll talk about with uh, uh, Mike Bardino, but I, I, I think that Mitch Garver is the next top catching prospect in this organization. Because he's got a bat. I mean, we, we, we saw that in the Arizona Fall League. Yeah. He's got he he's got a good command of the game. He's the next guy, and that might be more important than anything in he's, in today's game. He can me, call a good solid game. To me, he's the next guy, and my guy for this week at Chattanooga is Engel Viema, who has had a, a second time I've had Engel as a uh, you know middle infielder of the week, but, but three to nine average, seven of eighteen, you know a couple of runs scored, two doubles. Two RBIs, a couple of walks. Engelb continues to show the glove, continues to show the bat. I, I think that Vialma is going to be a guy that the Twins are going to have to watch in the next couple of years. And I also think that Daryl's guy, uh, Mitch Garver, is going to have to be a catcher for this club in the future. Now, as we wrap up the Down on the Farm well, segment. And, and, and real quick, I want to say something yep, about Mitch yep. Garver. Is that when John Ryan Murphy came on board, we asked him one-on-one and he was he took an offense to it and i love that about him that was that competitive edge to mitch that i loved is that and i know that he went in and he tried even harder he did everything he can to be the best catcher dh whatever position that they played him in chattanooga to be and and he's done just that brad and he showed that yeah Everything's a softball. I'm going to hit everything out of the park. He's had his best offensive career, and he's and he's and he's uh, calling games as good as anybody. And that's why he's now overtaken Stuart Turner as a top prospect, catching prospect for the Minnesota Twins. When we talk about the final level, the Rochester Red Wings, 61, oh, and, yes. 61 and 46. Amazing, but yet they're seven games out. I don't know how. I don't know how it's sixty-one and forty-six. Back or, pitching right now, I think. Yeah, we got a, I, We got three bombers out there, Brad. I don't know how though. It's sixty-one and forty-six or seven games out, but Scranton Wilkesbury is on fire right now, and that's where it puts the Red Wings. They are in third place. But your guy first, Daniel Palka. Talk about well, Daniel. I'm gonna take Daniel Palka because I mean. Eh. We got it for next to nothing last year, 
and he you know, he got promoted to Triple A July seventh of of this year. Over the last ten games, Brad, he's hitting a solid three seventy eight. Three seventy eight. Two home runs, four doubles, eight RBIs, and nine runs scored. That's over just the last ten games. And on the year, combined with, because you know, he obviously started out in double A, got promoted to triple A, you combine it, he's hitting uh, three, or 279, 26 home runs, 26 home runs, which we would take that in a heartbeat, 18 doubles, and 76 RBI. I mean, the guy is lights out. And my guy this week is Adam Brutwalker. And this is a guy that we got for nothing. And my guy this week is Adam Brett Walker, who over his last week is hitting 370, 10 for 27, four runs scored, two doubles, two homers, seven RBIs, and a walk. Brett Walker still striking on it at a, at a little higher pace, but you're starting to see the definite run production. The The average is creeping up a little bit there over the last week. You love to see what Brett Walker's doing. So for us, that's our guys for Down on the Farm. We cover you with Cedar Rapids, Fort Myers. Chattanooga and Rochester. Stick around after the break. We'll be right back in Talking Twins for Twins Insider with Mike Berardino. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back here on Talking Twins. This is the Red Star of Minnesota, John O'Beaver from Ring General Radio. You are listening to Talking Twins on the 4D Podcast Network. Hey guys, we're back here on Talking Twins. It is time now for the Twins Insider segment. Of course, we're always joined by Mike Borodino, the beat writer for the Pioneer Press for the Minnesota Twins. Remember, you can always find Mike via Twitter, and that's at Mike Borodino, M-I-K-E-B-E-R-A-R-D-I-N-O. Of course, you can also find Mike on Facebook as well by the same name. And each and every day, you can find his great writings, of course, at www.twincities.com. And so with that, we welcome in Mike. And Mike and Daryl and Bradley here, thanks again for taking some time out with us uh, this week on Talking Twins. And I know we've got a lot of great topics to talk about surrounding Twins baseball this week. Yes, the, uh, the trade deadline is fast approaching. It's always good to be with you guys, and I trust that you will you will uh, pull every morsel of information out of me that I have yet to share publicly. Very nice. Well, we're, well, we're going to start. Obviously, you mentioned the trade deadline. There's there's one other piece that we, we need to talk about before that, and obviously it has to do with you know what the club's going to do at the trade deadline or not do, and that's everybody knows the news. Obviously, the, the old news is old now that you know Mr. Ryan is no longer with the club. Uh, currently, you know Rob Anthony is the interim GM. That, of course, before we really, talk- when did this happen? Yeah, I know exactly what what wow, Twins okay. fan doesn't know about that. <laughs> but that does that does set off before we start talking about trades. We have to talk about what is what is the Twins, you know, from the Jim Polad and uh, Dave St. Peter's standpoint. What what are their long term plans at GM? And now, a, a couple of things. First of all, there's a lot of names flying around already as candidates. I mean, there's there's a ton of names, you know, Chris Pataro, Jason McLeod, 
um, Ben Sherrington, Thad Levine. I'll even throw in a couple others. Uh, uh, and and I, I'll probably butcher his name, but Alex Anthropolis from, from the Dodgers organization has been tossed out there. Uh, Kim, Kim Nick, the MLB VP for baseball operations, which I thought that one was, I, I, I just don't know how I'd see that happening. But anyway, before I even throw my, my opinions out there, what is the latest, if you can, what you can comment on, and obviously some of it you can't, but what is the latest or kind of the rumor mill or the things you're hearing about the process? I know the twins have hired an outside firm to start the, the search, but what can you give us a little more info on the GM search right now? Well, um, talked with Dave St. Peter along with other local reporters uh, a couple days ago at the start of this homestand, and he made it clear that um, the Twins will not be requesting permission on any interview candidates until at least next week after the trade bed- deadline and possibly into the following week, which would take you to about August 8th or so, which makes sense. They're in the fact-finding segment of this. Um, let's back up a second, because the very fact that they chose Corn Ferry, which is a great name, uh, Corn Ferry uh, <laughs> to be the, uh, the um, it's just fun to say, yes. uh, to, to, to advise on this and to consult, well, you connect the dots, and, um, and you see, I think, the, you know, it doesn't mean that these people will end up getting an interview even here or getting the job, but people of this ilk and um, and perhaps uh, um, some of these same life experiences will uh, because Corn Ferry, first of all, uh, represents Major League Baseball. Last year they were brought on, uh, Rob Manford got his job through a process that Corn Ferry uh, um, helped uh, with the search uh, right from start to finish. Okay, uh, Bob Bowman, uh, head of advanced media, uh, for MLB, the cash cow, he got his job via Corn Ferry running the search. Um, and other key people, um, Tony Patini, I believe, uh, in Major League Baseball, uh, getting this, uh, going the Corn Ferry route. Now, when the Brewers, very uh, interesting parallel, when the Brewers with, a, with an owner who admittedly doesn't know a lot about baseball but is passionate about it, Mark Adnacio, similar to Jim Poulad, and good friends with Jim Pollard. When they when they threw Doug Melvin upstairs last August, it um, after 15 years in that job and multiple postseason trips, but never a World Series, they made it clear right from the beginning. You may recall that they were looking for a younger GM, a young GM who was uh, analytically savvy, who would would bring sabermetrics uh, heavily into their decision making, and and they interviewed five people at least that became publicly known. And I wrote about this in TwinCities.com the other day when, when the Twins made it official that Corn Ferry was going to be helping them in this search. And it's not for free. It usually costs a couple hundred thousand, maybe 250 uh, to do this because they will, from soup to nuts, one-stop shopping, uh, find all the possible names, throw them out there, and then vet them before they ever uh, might even talk to a Twins employee um, and make sure that uh, that they're worth pursuing, and then they'll talk to everybody who they've ever worked with and help you with that. And so um, let me think of the names that the Brewers talked. David Stearns got the job, 30-year-old Harvard grad who had experience with the Indians front office and experience in the Astros front office, and very interestingly to me, experience in the commissioner's office. He got the job and has done a a uh, fine job so far, um, smaller moves. He's got some big work to do here at the deadline. Let's see what he does with Lucroy and Smith. But um, 
Ray Montgomery, the scouting director of the Brewers, former scouting director of the Diamondbacks, who have some good young talent and probably traded away too much of it. He interviewed, um, and uh, there were there were three others. Uh, Tyrone Brooks, who is now working for Major League Baseball at the time, was a key scout for the Pirates and a minority candidate. He took a job off of this with Corn Ferry. He, he works along with Corn Ferry to help Major League Baseball find uh, minority candidates, improve the pool of mo- minority candidates and what they call the pipeline, female and minority candidates, and then help them kind of game plan for what they'll do when they get the opportunity. So very much advocating to improve baseball's pretty uh, mediocre current status and really all-time status on front office positions going to uh, people of color or, or Latin background or females. So um, Kim Ng is one who who has uh, had those opportunities with the Yankees and the Dodgers and the, and the Mariners and uh, has never been given full GM power, but a very fine administrator. Um, so we'll see where that goes, but not a, not an not an absurd name at all to uh, to consider. But um, um, the other two names off the top of my head, I'm I'm. Uh, Blanking on for oh Heim Bloom uh, from the from the Rays interviewed and he's a a Yale graduate in early 30s, so the Harvard guy beat the Yale guy in in the Brewers situation. <laughs> but guys, you got to really keep in mind here. If as, as Dave St. Peter told us the other day, before Corn Ferry was hired to help the Twins, Jim Polat spent a lot of time on the phone with Mark Atanasio, uh, getting to know what he experienced in his search after a long run with a GM who was fully trusted and a scouting first, highly respected guy. So Doug Melvin and Terry Ryan both have many friends in the game. Brewers chose to move on from Melvin. Twins have chosen to move on from Terry. Painful as that is for all his friends around the game. And it doesn't mean they're going to end up with their version of, of David Stern's but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they did. Okay. I, I've got a follow-up for you. On, on the 25th, you wrote a great article uh, when, when you were kind of outlining just 10 of the prospective uh, candidates. And in that article, Mike, uh, you had quoted uh, uh, Jim Polad of saying that uh, you know he's getting older, uh, change is harder, but you've got to recognize what, you're, what, what, what you've got to do and change Things can't always stay the same. And on the next day, on the 26th, when you interviewed St. Peter, David St. Peter, uh, one, one thing I, I, I grabbed out of there was Minnesota ties, either through upbringing or with the Twins, aren't much of a factor in the search. So with, with those two, if you had to put a percentage on it, how high or where would that percentage be that the new GM is going to be an outside hire? It does feel that way, doesn't it? Um, it it kind of looks Robbie like, Anthony, it seems like yeah. it, yes. You connect those dots and, um, you know, it just, just back it up to the point that Terry Ryan um, was, um, that, that, that this came to a head in the middle of the season and he was dismissed in the middle of the season. So it's not going to be a seamless transact, a transition. And you're basically alerting everyone that um, going back to early May that you felt that, as, as Paul had said, total system failure Yep. They, that doesn't speak to hand it off to your trusted lieutenant, whether it's Rob Antony, whether it's Mike Radcliffe, whether it's Wayne Krivsky, who has been a GM in Cincinnati and really didn't get a fair shake there. It kind of was politicized quickly and it lasted a very short period, but he was aggressive when he was there. Um, 
and Darren Johnson, the scouting director, who's been in that role since 2008 and is a minority. And I think um, the Corn Ferry's advocacy for minority candidates can only help him. But uh, in terms of selling the eventual, you try to imagine the press conference when they have their choice and they try to explain to this frustrated fan base, one that oh. continues to to be less interested in season tickets and single game tickets, um, why why this person? So if you back if you try to start at the end and work your way back to how they're gonna get there, yep. kinda hard to see. No matter how deserving any of those four we just mentioned, and we didn't mention Jack Coyne and we didn't mention Brad Style and that they're very well thought of too. Uh, as are, are others. Vern Followell, the director of pro scouting. Uh, other teams would love to have him, maybe not as a GM, but in that same role. So that they have a lot of good people. But um, it's going to be hard to win that press conference if you're pulled out in St. Peter by elevating someone who worked under Terry when you decided that Terry's way wasn't good enough. Well, and, and Mike, you kind of were like, you, you really kind of just led me. I mean, I was already going to go to my next question, and you kind of led right into it. Um, I mean, what, it's more of, I guess, more of a statement. I'll let you comment on it real quickly, and then we'll get off the GM thing because I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, beat that horse yeah. beyond the death. But it, it, selling it is a huge part. You look at the last couple of years; they've had 13 and 15 percent um, season ticket drops, respectively, in the last two years in terms of renewal ships. That's those are numbers. If you're Jim Polad, you never want to see as an owner. You never want to see 13 and 15 percent of your season ticket holder base going, "Yep, I'm done. I'm not coming back. I'm giving them up." And I, we talk to a lot of fans. Daryl does. I do as well. Uh, you see us when we're in the when we're in the causeway coming into the, the stadium before the games. I talk to a lot of fans. I had I had a couple come up to me uh, yesterday, before, right after I met you. And we, we met about you a coming dozen in. total. And and one guy who I've known that's had season tickets since you know way back in, you know for a long time in the dome, and said if they don't do something right with this hire, I'm going to get rid of my four season tickets. I'm not going to give them my money anymore. Well, I don't think this guy is the only one that that has that mindset. I don't think he's a soloist out there, you know, that has that mindset. So I think you you, you hit on something that's huge. When they make this this hire, it's kind of to me it's a two-piece hire. Yes, they have to go outside the organization to make that that change if you will, but it's going to like you said it's going to be partially selling it to the fan base, but my other piece too is a lot of the fan base what I'm hearing and and I think Daryl's heard this too that we're hearing, "Hey, how come our organization isn't doing what the Cubs are doing. How come we're not generating that much of our young farm system up that you look at the Cubs and that's a team built to win and look at not many guys in that club are over 30 years old and most of them are homegrown inside the house talent other than some of the free agents at the pitching area they went out and got. They've done a very good job of developing talent and the second piece of what a lot of our fans are saying is it's okay yes we want to change because we're sick of the losing obviously but we're also wondering how come we can't be like some of these other clubs that can develop repeatedly year after year decent talent. And so when you look at the what I want to guess and ask you all that what it means is what criteria whether it's Corn Ferry, whether it's Polad, whether it's St. Peter, whether it's all three of those sources together, have you gotten any sense of what their their kind of criteria is? And I don't know if, and I'm not saying you can rank it but what they're going to use as criteria to make this hire at all? Well, that's interesting because um, another thing that happened with the Brewers search as I was reading up on it was that, and, and what Corn Ferry did also with the Blue Jays, although that was kind of a, 
uh, a more of a rigged game, I think, because uh, Mark Shapiro became team president. Alex Antopoulos was not comfortable working under Mark Shapiro. He left at the end of his contract. The Blue Jays had gone to the to the postseason, come within two games of the World Series. There was a lot of internal interest. Corn Ferry was advising on this. There's a lot of internal uh, hope, and, and among the fan base even, that Tony LaCava would be elevated because he became the assist- the uh, interim GM and had been assistant. And it goes back there, going back to the J.P. Ricciardi days. Um, yep. And it didn't happen that way. They went back into Mark Shapiro's recent pass to the Indians, and they raided them for Ross Atkins, uh, and they lost Anthopoulos, but they did keep LaCava and, uh, and most of their uh, group for now. But... Um, um, Corn Ferry did get involved in that, but uh, uh, it's not like they uh, brought in anyone to that, that got that job that you wouldn't have seen coming uh, without them. So I think the Brewers uh, example is a little more uh, uh, pertinent to what the Twins may do. Yet Ross Atkins is very sharp analytically, um, younger, um, and um, you know with this with fine education and 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 um, the background where they check all the boxes. You ask what what the criteria will be. Well, Corn Ferry for for any of these searches apparently, but especially the Brewers, they came up with 44 different descriptions of attributes, I guess, or experiences, and they asked Mark Atanasio to rank them in order of importance for that hire, and then from that they distilled it to 11 key attributes that it seemed the brewers were after. And so they, 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 before they ever go out and interview uh, candidates or those who know the candidates, the first thing that's already going on, because I asked Dave St. Peter if they'd completed this yet. And he laughed and he said, well, there's, it's been very collaborative so far. Corn Ferry puts this long menu of, generalities about what a candidate could bring to the table. And then Jim Pullad and, and Dave are going down the list thinking, you know, yes to this, no to this, yes to this, uh, not as important. And from this, it's, you know, it's, um, it's almost a personality test. It's almost like, it's almost like speed dating, uh, <laughs> or, or, but it's it, or online dating because it's more like online dating because you haven't seen the person yet, but you're trying to line up, your wants and needs with this faceless person at the moment who eventually you're going to spend a great amount of time with and actually hitch your financial and uh, your financial wagon and your baseball wagon and your entire reputation in the game. Uh, and and St. Peter don't think the rest of the game isn't watching very closely to see who the twins emerge uh, from this search with. Will they go cheap? Will they pay top dollar for Ben Sherrington or Alex Anthopoulos? Uh, will they get somebody in the middle who other teams passed on but subsequently kicked themselves? And I'm thinking of somebody like Hein Bloom or J.J. Piccolo who nearly, from the Royals who nearly got the, the Phillies job. And Andy McPhail, I was told, wanted him. He was his choice, but, but Comcast overruled him. And Matt Klintak, who everybody thought was there because of McPhail, because they'd worked together uh, in Baltimore, He's he's doing a, a fine job. They're they're again going from total scouting based uh, Pat Gillick slash uh, Ruben Amaro to now um, Glenn Tack and others who are trying to um, bring team more in line with what the Cubs or the Astros or the Cardinals or, or other teams like that or the Rays um, Pirates might be doing. So Mike, are, are you talking about that Jim Polat and, and Dave St. Peter are filling out the eHarmony questionnaire? 
Is that pretty That's much it, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've not seen it. Are there 44? <laughs> it sounds like you might know. Uh, but are there 40? I can't imagine even one of these dating services has 44 different. I'm not sure you could come up. That'd be a fun show we'll do next time. Sure. So we come up with 44 different descriptions of ourselves oh, man. As, <laughs> as, as people because, um, you know, I don't think you'd, you'd need to get past five or six with most people. It's pretty obvious what they are and who they are. But the, but the twins, you know, there's, there's a lot of different types, I guess. Um, and um, there are different elements that, uh, yeah. that are important to, to certain owners. But if Mark Atanasio uh, came up with um, uh, a Harvard graduate who's 30, uh, and David Stearns, um, after pushing Doug Melvin out the door again, you know, pull ad, I'm not saying they're twins or anything, uh, but they're, they're, um, they're, uh, they know each other well from these committee meetings and their market size is similar. And there's always been a connection between Milwaukee and, and the twins, um, no, going back to Bud Selig's ownership days. No, that's a very good point. Well, Darryl, I'm gonna get us, I'm gonna get us off this topic and let's go to our right. trade deadline, which is what, four days away now. And, you know, you still hear Santana's name mentioned, and I'm of the mindset if we're going to be competitive next year, he's looking like our best pitcher, so why trade him? Unless you're getting a lot for him. If you're there, if they're wild, I could see it, but they're not. You you, you keep them. So real quick, uh, what what do you think about Santana's uh, trade? Is he going to be here or gone? And then who is going to be moved? Wow. Well, I don't. I, the second part, I I don't uh, have a crystal ball i think it's very confusing for rob right now um it's gotta be (laughs) i mean here's the thing it it almost would been it would have really been helpful maybe privately they they are narrowing the menu choices for him a little bit but when you say um on the 18th of july two weeks before the trade deadline uh, I don't care how many calls Rob was on with Terry or how many conversations he had privately, even with other general managers, assistant general managers. It's quite a different deal when you are now the guy, at least the interim guy, and you're empowered to do basically anything under the sun. He can trade uh, expiring contracts. He can trade um, guys with control still to come. He can put money in a deal to make bad money go away. He can bring on money if it, if the opportunity's right. He can trade young for young if he wants to. He can get in on a three-way trade, which the Twins never do. That would be fun. Uh, he, he's got everything on the table, which kind of leads me to think that in the end, they'll probably just trade Abad and Kinsler and be done with it. Uh, it's just too confusing. But yeah. I do know there's been consistent. Everybody out there who's in contention could use another bullpen arm or two. Uh, the problem with Abad and Kinsler is more so with Abad is he just doesn't pitch enough. Ever since he hurt his back in the middle of uh, June, which was done, he told me, jumping up to celebrate his first career save. <laughs> Fernando. But, uh, but he is a lefty, a though, and every contending team needs a lefty. lefty. Yes, and they're looking at him because the numbers, the raw numbers do jump out at you. But, but then again, the numbers over the last uh, month plus are ghastly, and he's not pitching enough to make them come down. Right. He's walking, he's walking too many people. ZRA is like eight something. And how about this? He's in the twins last 38 games. He's pitched nine times. Wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's I mean, good. teams are yeah. going to want him to, they're going to want him to pitch nine times in the first three weeks. Yeah. I was going to so, say, 
uh, it, you know, it may be, or maybe first two weeks. I mean, they're going to, they're going to be running them out there, whoever, whatever lefty these teams pick up. So there's a reason that the Rangers were here scouting the twins, uh, when Santana threw a complete game and Lucas Harrell threw a, a six inning shutout and they came away making a deal for Harrell because he'd pitched before for a Doug Brokale in Houston. And they pick up the a very interesting young lefty who strikes out everybody. Dario Alvarez, they didn't walk away with Urban Santana and Fernando Abad. They went for the Braves uh, combo, and they gave up one guy who's in the Futures game, but uh, maybe just having a career year in the minors. So um, uh, as far as Urban, I, you know, I put on uh, Twitter, I guess, last night that um, you know I'd been seeing the Orioles quite a bit at, at uh, his starts and Nolasco's starts, but um, the Orioles did not come to scout Irvin last night, and it's subsequently come about that they're really pushing hard for Andrew Kashner now. They had been uh, trying to get uh, Pomerantz at one point, but uh, now they're after Kashner. They need to get a starter, and they're here, but they didn't come scout Irvin. So the fact that Rob Anton is so forceful about the idea that, that publicly at least, and I, what I've heard privately the twins don't think that they need to eat any of that remaining money. It's now down to about 33 million over two plus years, plus a team option. And as Rob correctly says, and it's a good selling point, but I'm with you, Daryl. I don't think they should be pushing Irvin out the door, but Rob says, go find a guy in the free agent market this winter for two years, 27 million plus a club option. Um, those guys don't sign deals of that no. duration. Right. Nope. And they don't sign after what Zach Greinke did to pull the market up. I don't think Irvin, if he had an opt, let's say Irvin had an opt out magically, as he's uh, all the Casey Close clients do. Let's say Irvin had gotten a, an, an opt out and he were to go on the market, even with the PED thing, even with being on the on the deal with a back problem. Uh, you think you could get him for thirteen point five million over two years uh, two, nope. times two years? No, I think no way. I think I think. Even in his, you know, a couple more years of age, I think he might be able to go out and get uh, sixteen times four. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, in this market, like it, and then pitching's pretty thin. So you're right. I was going to yeah. say at least fifteen three. I mean, yeah. So yeah, either way. Well, that's, real, that's... real quick, how, how about Nunez? Because I heard rumors that Cleveland's scouting Nunez. Is there any truth to mm-hmm. that? That Buster only uh, uh, rumor, and um, I have not noticed any Indians people. They're pretty stealthy. Okay. Uh, but doesn't mean they haven't <laughs> been there. They know well, him very they're, well. Because their third baseman hasn't been doing all that great. No, no. Juan Uribe, I, 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 when, the, when the Indians came in the it's last year, the first series of the second half, well, he's aging before. Uh, he's always been, you know, uh, he's always had the build that I do. But he, um, he's always <laughs> That's been that bodybuilder, rather right? Chunky yeah. man, chunky man. But uh, you know, he's a natural hitter, good player, uh, been around winning everywhere he's been. But um, I looked down there, and he's got some flecks of gray in there now. And uh, he was wearing wristbands, and it just it flashed to my mind. He wasn't wearing the funky hipster glasses, but, he, but I said, when did Dusty Baker get, go to the Indians? Because he, 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 he really had – he looked like Dusty. But, um, so I can see where they would want to upgrade there. Francona, Eduardo Nunez reminded me when I, was at, when I mentioned that rumor to him. He said, yeah, I played for Francona. On the on the major league team that went over to Japan, it was oh, great. Yes. Everybody loves everybody. Everybody loves playing for and Francona as a Red Sox manager managed plenty of games against Yankee teams that had Eduardo yeah. Nunez. It's a good fit, but again, I'm I don't know why you're pushing Eduardo Nunez out the door. 
because who's your opening day shortstop if you do that? Oh, no, I agree. I, I don't want to push him out, but I heard those rumors, and that's like, okay, well. Man, I wanna, I well, like Cleveland, Cleveland is going for it, and they should. And Cleveland probably should have pushed harder with some of their young outfielders to try to get Chapman, but they didn't get him. So they, they still feel – I still say that Cleveland with a terrible produ- – I can't believe Jan Gomes is hitting like this. The terrible production oh, they're getting from their catcher, and he got Mike, hurt. They, they need to make that Brewer trade right now. They need Lucroy and Smith. It still strikes me that that's the deal there. So then what pieces will be left over for Eduardo Nunez at that point? Here's the problem. The Twins in every one of these conversations – because they're the second worst team in baseball, largely, um, they're somebody's backup plan. And yeah. th- no matter what conversation they're having, I wonder how many trades Rob Anthony even really has to consider that a team would be willing to do right now. You know, it's like selling a car. They ask you that from the minute they get you in the office. Well, you know, what what number what number do you need to be at? What do you what what do I have to do to get you to buy this car right now? So. <laughs> So if you're Rob and you're trying to say, well, what, what do you, what do, you, what do I need to do to get you to buy this shiny Ricky Nolasco right now? Um, well, shiny. First of all, they're, 19... they're going to run out. Gonna, <laughs> Come on, Mike, it ain't well, shiny. <laughs> they're going to. I'm just saying what Rob might say. I know. But, oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. If, or if he says, you know, I've got this Urban Santana low mileage. You know, it's a great deal. <laughs> I'm knocking thirty percent off the price. I'll throw in the undercoating. Previously what do you? You get free car washes for life. What what do I have to do to put you in the servant Santana vehicle? Well, hey, and Mike, I don't know that anybody's ready to act on Twins players. There is one car that then we do need to talk about real quick here as we start to get close to the end of Twins Insider, and that's you, you mentioned the backstop. Well, they've got a serious issue with Kurt Suzuki because here's the deal: Kurt's Kurt's contract only runs to the end of this season. Yes, there's a vesting option, but that vesting option is based on 485 plate appearances. Do you know how many Kurt Suzuki has right now? I'll give you the uh, number. He's not on. He's not on pace for that. Not even close. He has 242. The only way he's getting to 485 is if he's playing six nights a week, which is not yeah. realistically not going to happen. So if they don't deal him, then at the end of the year, he's gone for nothing. I mean, it, unless That's he comes, right. unless he comes back. But if he doesn't and goes somewhere else, he's gone for nothing. You get zero out of that deal in the end, and you have a guy walk away. Wouldn't it serve them better to get anything for him at this point? I mean, literally anything well, than to walk away with zero at the end of the season. Um, I wrote about this when we were in Detroit, and he's open to staying. And uh, everybody, when I mentioned this, uh, um, on Twitter and, and on, on radio or whatever, on your show, uh, people seem to think that, well, he can't possibly. They, but when you say, well, why don't the Twins? And Twins have had no... Uh, discussions as of that, the last I was informed okay. uh, about any sort of extension. It doesn't have to be two time, two years, twelve million this no, time. It, it could be anything. one year, four million. Right. What, what, who's who's your opening day catcher? John Ryan Murphy. John Ryan uh, Murphy. He had three hits today. Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver. Is it? Is it, is it, is it yeah. I'll uh, put well, Mitch Garver behind the plate. Yeah, I would. I, he's coming along. He he can hit. We've always known he can hit. Yeah, he but, can. Uh, yeah, he's got a bat. He can he can throw better than people think too. I saw that in the fall league, but uh, I'll put him back maybe though. maybe maybe it's Garver and, and Murphy and, and Stuart Turner uh, lurking. But um, I don't you know Kurt Suzuki with this freaking axe bat has really uh, ever since May thirty first has yeah, been a different guy. Different well, he guy. He had another long ball yesterday too. 
He did. Uh, so how much, what, what would I have to do to put you guys in a shiny Kurt Suzuki vehicle <laughs> for 2017? You, you can drive this 2017 uh, Kurt Suzuki for how much? Well, I'll tell you One this. Year, how much? Well, I'll tell you this. The vesting option right now sits at uh, $6 million. Um, you, you need to take it down to me to like four. Well, I'll talk to my boss. Let me go talk to my boss. I, well, you know, we might be able to do something. Oh, he's in got, a good mood today. He's in a good mood. He said he'd do it for five. Nah, but, I know. Um, I'm, I'm tough on four, but hey, we're <laughs> we're running we're running closer here. I know Daryl has one last question, and we're going to wrap up the Twins Insider. But I know there's one final. And it's a quick topic that Daryl just well, and it's to a quick one. On. It's actually a two-parter because it's two of my favorite prospects. Jose Barrios is he coming up next Monday or shortly thereafter? And when Shagwa going to get another chance i think the clock is uh is ticking down to zero uh very soon t-minus uh very little time on barrios's return uh eight straight quality starts there's not much more he can do down there it's just a match always been uh since he got on this role the twins is very inconvenient for the twins but people haven't been pounding on them because they're out of contention but um, they need to to use they, – they don't want to devalue even more um, Tommy Malone or a shiny Ricky Nolasco or any of this <laughs> until shiny after Ricky the trade Nolasco. deadline. I love it. So after, after 4 o'clock on Monday, you know, shiny. then it's safe to, to, to do this. So, but Tyler Duffy oh. may have um, – he may have given him an out because well, he's, he's been so horribly lost. Couple. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they could yeah. easily send him down – yeah, um, and uh, and br- and bring up Brios for early next week. Doesn't have to necessarily be Monday, even though he's online for that. They could find other ways, but um, uh, I think it's uh, if it's not then, it'll be the very next start. He's not going to be down there um, very much longer, well, nor it's, should it's, he it's be. Like the, it's, like, it's like the Buxton argument. You know, he, there's nothing left for him to prove, so let's get him some at bats at the major league level. Well, Brios is yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, I. Um, service time they'll never admit it but uh you know all teams that are buried in the standings grudgingly hand service time to players that uh, have big futures and will eventually be if everything goes right 15 to 20 million a year players and so they want to um ease into that so um he has very limited service time so far just a couple of weeks but um um you know, it, it, if, if you assume that he'll be sent down again at some point, uh, maybe not. Um, teams are, are always kind of messing around with that. I mean, uh, one thing that didn't work out, though, is that Brandon Kinsler um, came up five days too early for the Twins to control him for an extra year. So he'll be a free agent after next year. Um, there was He's a journeyman late bloomer, but um, if they had just waited five more days and his opt-out wasn't for another eight days, they could have um, they could have been shopping him as a guy who's under control through 2018, but um, that's not the case. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up the Twins Insider segment with Mike Bernardino, but again, just before we go, you can find Mike on Twitter at Mike Bernardino, B-R-A-R-D-I-N-O. Find him on Facebook. Find him as well at uh, TwinCities.com. All his great writings every week, and when we have Mike back on in two weeks, we'll be talking about what moves did or did not happen at the trade deadline. We'll break it down from there. We'll maybe get a little further into the GM search. We'll talk about what else the club is doing and, you know, a whole host more. So with that, um, guys, stick around, though. We'll be right back here on Talking Twins for the Twins Notes segment. So stick around. We'll be right back. 
This is Andy Madfield from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to Talking Twins on the 4D Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. We're back here on Talking Twins, and it is time now for the Twins Notes segment. Real quick, we'll go over some of the injury roster updates and then the Twins' upcoming schedule. Uh, Trevor Plouffe with the uh, cracked left rib. Now he uh, is taking live batting practice on Friday, the 729th, and then at that point he will be making a rehab stint that is yet to be determined. And at that point, they'll figure out when uh, Trevor will be back in the Twins lineup, so stay tuned for, for future updates on that. And also Alex Meyer, uh, no real changes there yet from Rochester, still starting to play catch, but no determinations yet as to when he will make it back into the bullpen for the Rochester Red Wings. Now, mining the Twins' upcoming schedule, the Twins have the White Sox coming to town, and that is a, a nice little three-game set to end the month which is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Those dates are the 29th, 30th, and 31st. We'll come back Justin Morneau, as well as a couple of nice giveaways, the uh, Miguel Sano Snow Globe and also the, the Vintage Bobblehead. Now, after that, the Twins will leave Target Field, hit the road for a four-game set against the Cleveland Indians, the division-leading Cleveland Indians, Monday through Thursday. That's August 1st through 4th. Then they'll also have a three-game set on the road against Tampa Bay, the Rays in Tampa Bay. And finally, then the Twins will come back home for a four-game set against the Houston Astros. That is on Monday, August 8th through Thursday, August 11th. Now, of course, remember that as we wrap up the show, Talking Twins is part of the 4D Podcast Network. And it's always recorded at First Pitch Studios located in St. Paul, Minnesota. You run our talent each and every week on this great show is Daryl Yates and myself, Bradley Swanson. Remember, follow us on Twitter. That's at Talking Twins. And also be sure to check out our Facebook page which is www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com slash Facebook for info on all your important Minnesota Twins news, links to the shows, a whole lot more. Also check us out on our website at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. Hey, with that, guys, thanks again for listening to Talking Twins, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Have a great week, everybody, and go Twins. Herbie Puckett, what a shame. Heisel, Herbie, G-Man had their day. We love